Great to be joined this week on Tech of Sports and iHeartRadio by Gil Freed. He's the uh, sports management professor and chair of the sports management department at the University of New Haven and uh, a real expert when it comes to uh, sports management and sports risk management and facility management. And, uh, and Gil, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes and joining me today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, my, my pleasure as well. And, uh, we're in, uh, I, I guess people are calling it unpre- unprecedented times and things are changing from day to day when it comes to the, the business and the world of sports. Um, where, uh, uh, did you ever envision we'd be seeing something like this? Never. I mean, this is so uh, surreal. Uh, we never would have thought of something like this. If you were uh, telling me this was going to happen in February, uh, I, I would have said you're smoking something because this could not happen. Uh, and then, lo and behold, look what's going on. It is happening now. And uh, I think the point uh, of analysis right now is to say, all right, now that this is happening, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, we really can't point fingers at any one person or entity. Um, this, like you said, uh, um, it was kind of brewing, but uh, I don't think anyone thought it would affect uh, in, in this way as uh, as, as players and and people in sports have been uh, directly and indirectly uh, affected by COVID-19. Um, we'll, we'll ask right away here, Gil, as we start, uh, uh, what is your prediction kind of, not holding you to it, but what is your prediction? Are we going to have live attended sports, do you think, in, in 20, uh, 2020? I, I think we're going to have live sporting events. You put the caveat in there, live attendance. Um I think that's going to be a, a tougher challenge. And I think the biggest issue right now is going to be fan comfort that uh, while we uh, try to return to whatever we consider normal, there's going to be so many different elements that we have to undertake to make sure fans feel as comfortable as possible. So that could range from everything such as how are we going to monitor tailgate areas and how people interact and social distancing in tailgating areas to uh, how do we clean all the bathrooms, all the handrails, all the every place where people put their uh, hands, their uh, faces near, and things like that? It's going to be completely different. And so, how do we get people to understand that it's going to be safe when it is safe, versus how we're going to get them to want to open up their pocketbooks and spend money on sports when they're scared of what might be the ramifications or repercussions of them going to an event. So I think when we start taking a look at how we reopen stadiums and arenas, we can't do social distancing without bankrupting sport. Uh, If you take a look at a current seat at a typical uh, professional venue, it's going to be 18 to 21 inches wide. And then you have another about two inches for the armrest. And then you have another uh, seat right next to you. How are we going to do social distancing? Are we going to have a situation where you have to have every seat to your side empty, every two seats to the side empty? How about the seats in front and in the back? And so if you're looking at a 50,000-seat stadium, are you going to say, okay, we only can house 5,000 people? It's not worth it with the cost of personnel that you need to open up a facility for security, for ushers, for concessions. They're not going to do it. Uh, And I think we also have to look more broadly than just uh, all the spectator sports. 
because what is this going to do for participation sports like travel baseball and some of these other groups that are out there parents either they're not going to have the money or second they're going to be concerned about their kids traveling to other areas where they might not have the same kind of protection so i see there's going to be a cascade throughout the sport industry where we're going to be taking a look at what is the best strategy to roll this out because we're going to have one a reduction in the price of tickets it's going to have to happen uh, we're going to see, uh, my estimate is about a 15 to 25% rollback in ticket pricing because fans uh, are hurt financially and they're not going to want to spend a lot of money if they don't have to. And sports have been catering to the beats and the businesses. Well, they're now starting to survive. So they're going to be hurting. So, you know, all these uh, lease agreements for DSLs uh, and for luxury suites and stuff like that, is going to be a, a nightmare for professional teams, and they're going to have to reduce prices to bring people back into the fold. So they're going to be hurting off income. Our sponsor is going to come back. Our endemic and non-endemic uh, advertisers are going to be involved. So it's all these little minute areas of how this is going to cascade throughout the industry, and we just don't know what the answer is going to be yet. Yeah, all good points and a lot of unknowns as, as we're joined by Gil uh, Gil Freed, uh, professor, uh, chair of the sports management department at the University of New Haven. And, and Gil, everyone's pointing to football, uh, because football makes and, and generates the most amount of money and interest, uh, across this country. Um, you, you brought up great points for the fans and the seats and, and everything that goes on around the stadium. How can we have, uh, 22 guys tackling each other? On a uh, on a on a patch of grass, mm-hmm. uh, playing football is is that in itself safe to go back to at this point? Um, what I like to uh, harken back to is the days about ten years ago when it was really significant when we had MRSA and staph infection, and facilities had to clean their special sprays that they get to spray the grass, whether it's artificial or natural grass to reduce the likelihood of staph infection or MRSA. It's going to be the same kind of thing. How are we going to deal with all the athletic trainers? I have another interview later on uh, today with a reporter who wants to take a look at how about all the spinning that is done in baseball, the people that shoot tobacco, people that you know are uh, spitting out sunflower seeds. Are you going to have to outlaw that now because that's bodily fluid and that's how a virus can be spread? And while in the days past, no one thought a second about it, now they're thinking about that. How about all the uh, personal training areas where you have people in cold uh, water baths and uh, uh, massages and saunas and all these things where you can have bodily fluids everywhere? You know, we, we haven't gone to uh, critically analyzing that yet, but it is a concern. You're going to have people that are going to be on physical contact with each other. You mentioned football. Look at basketball where, you know, they're bumping into each other all the time without any protective gear. And so that could be a concern as well. Yeah, that most definitely, uh, Gil Freed, sports management professor at the University of New Haven and chairs the sports management department. Uh, uh, Gil, you, uh, you're an expert on facilities. We have over a thousand medium and large stadiums and arenas in this country, um, that depend on holding events, uh, for, um, for their locations, their cities, their towns, their teams, their employees, uh, what does it mean that they've gone dark right now too? This is that's a huge hit in itself. 
Yeah, well, uh, we were uh, already looking at Major League Baseball cutting out 46 minor league teams. Uh, this might give them the impetus and the uh, uh, weaponry to do that. And cities that in the past might have been complaining, saying, hey, don't, don't take this away from us, they might be saying, hey, look, at, we'd rather put our money someplace else, maybe into better hospitals, maybe into preparing for the next whatever might come down the line. So I think the smaller facilities are going to be the ones that are going to be hurt the most uh, by this. Um, the large facilities, their biggest issue is going to be their debt load. So they have bonds that they have to repay, and the bonds are often contingent upon contractually obligated revenue. But if they're not getting any revenue from luxury suites or from naming rights or from uh, 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 PSLs or luxury suites, that's going to really impact their ability to pay the loans, and they might start defaulting on some of these loans and require others, primarily the government, to step in and to take over the ownership of these facilities. So it could end up being a cascading event that will create larger and larger problems down the road. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, last thing as we wrap up with Gil and um, newhaven.ee.edu is uh, the website for the University of New Haven. Uh, maybe a couple sports, Gil, that might be able to come back quicker than others. I know the PGA and golf, uh, since they have uh, they they play on a large patch of land and and out in open air, they're they're planning June. We'll still see if that happens. Maybe NASCAR, maybe uh, baseball in some ways. I know in, in other countries, baseball is trying to come back. Um, you know, maybe even uh, competitive fishing and, and that type of thing. Are those are those maybe the sports we can look at as maybe coming back uh, the soonest? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think the more uh, distance there are between the athletes and the more protection mm -hmm. they have, that's going to be good. But that's only on the competitive side. That doesn't still deal with the issue of the fans. And so that's going to take a little while longer, because uh, even if you're watching golf, look at how close people stand together at the galleries. So uh, I think there's a difference between participation and uh, the actual execution. The one sport that we are seeing that is doing uh, pretty well right now is eSports. Yeah. And uh, we have a, an eSports-based uh, program, you know, a full-time coach and all that kind of stuff. And while we don't have the major events in eSports that have been filling up Madison Square Garden and other large venues like that, people are still competing and watching, and uh, we can see how NASCAR is having their drivers uh, undertake eSports as a way to still engage in their, with their fans. I think that is probably the strongest one right now because it could be done anywhere at any time. And, and people have been watching it for uh, a number of years, and there's more opportunities, whether it's on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook Live or anything else like that. So I think that's the one that's going to be the quickest one to actually launch out gate and to grow during these trying times. Yeah, and even some of the major sports putting their uh, their people into esports competitions as as esports is a lot of people are watching what's going on with that right now. We we, we thank uh, Gil Freed for coming on uh, this week. Uh, he's uh, of course at uh, um, University of of New Haven, and he also uh, he he's the uh, the publisher of the or the editor of the Sports Facilities and Law newsletter, which is worth. Definitely worth checking out. So, uh, Professor Freed, thanks for coming on. We'll be watching all this, uh, and we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you so much, and to all your listeners, stay safe and healthy. Yep, absolutely. You as well, and uh, let's hope uh, we get back to as close to normal as possible quickly. 
sounds good to me and whatever normal is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thanks, Professor. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye-bye.